This is Not The Average Real Estate Podcast by Not Your Average Real Estate Investor. Dipna Boholt used real estate investing strategies to completely replace the income from her accountancy practice with passive income in just 18 months and has since taught thousands of others to do the same. Welcome to the I Love Real Estate Podcast. Hi there, it's Dipna here and I'm sitting on the couch with Mark Baker. One of my amazing students. Now, Mark, when did you join I Love Real Estate? I joined in 2012. 2012, so seven years ago. Yep, seven years ago. It's been a big journey over the it seven years, hasn't it? <laughs> yep. So what I'd like to do is actually have a bit of a chat to Mark about his journey, because I always find it very inspirational to hear other people's journey and other people's story and... Uh, you know, what made the difference? What were those key triggers? What were those things that that made you take one decision as opposed to another decision? And because they're the turning points. They're the ones that make the difference between success and not success. Yeah. So, so you, Mark, let's go right back to the beginning. Now, you were um, a business owner. Yeah, I had a few businesses. A number of businesses. <laughs> yep. So, so you're, you know, I don't. I heard you say the other day that um, you hadn't worked since the '90s, or hadn't had a job since the '90s. Yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Last time working for somebody else was in the '90s. It's been businesses ever since. You know what? I I can pip you on that one. I think the last job that I had was actually in the '80s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, okay, so you've been self-employed for all that time. You've owned yep. a variety of different businesses. Number of industries, yeah. Number of different industries, hospitality yep. industry. Um, yep. I can't remember some of the other ones. I had a few mobile phone stores. Mobile phone stores, yeah. there you go. So there was a lot of different things. And what was it about business that, A, first of all, attracted you to it, and then, B, made you walk away from it? Um, well... Well, what attracted me to it was I was in control of what I was doing. Yep. So it's it a was thing. a control thing, really. Right. Um, maybe I just don't play well with others. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Is that what it is? <laughs> I've got to be in charge. It's, yeah. <laughs> so what made you get out of those businesses? Pretty much everything I was doing was retail. Yeah. It was, that was almost like I was being you know, dictated to by customers, really. Yeah, that's right. So it was like I worked for them and worked for my employees and stuff like that. So I didn't really get away from what I was trying to get away from. That's actually so, a, lot of, a lot of the times the case with people in business because, um, you know, you go into business because you want to be your own boss and have control yeah. and all of these things. But quite often you end up just working yourself into a job. Yeah. Um, and, and the business never really develops to a stage where it's hands-off and you're working on the business, not in the business and those sort of things. You do that a couple of times and then yeah. get back in. And <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's a hard line to, mm. to walk. I mean, it's a beautiful line to walk, but it's a hard line to walk. Yeah. And um, so real estate, when did that really come into play? Um, I mean, I'd been buying real estate for a long time anyway, so I you know, started buying property in the 90s. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, and it was something I was always interested in, mm. but it was the time I was spending on business that was distracting me from what I was doing with real estate. Right. And really, there was times where, you know, business is up and down. There was times when business was down that I probably wouldn't got through it if I didn't have real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was where, you know, the realisation came, well, hey, yeah, real estate's always worked. Yeah. Business has been... Up and down? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so what was that aha moment for you to go, um, I actually need some education here? Um, it, was, it was really when I decided we were getting out of all of the businesses and we're going to go full-time on property. It's like, yeah, we've done all right. Yeah. But it's been, you know, it was... A long time. A long time, yeah. Mm. 
and we've just done okay. And there was a lot of things that, you know, there was some fear around, for example. Yeah. Like, you know, positive cash flow was fine. We bought properties for cash flow. Yep, yep. Um, I didn't understand, I never understood why you'd buy a property to lose money on, but... I know, but that's what you But taught. it was from a business point yeah, of view, yeah. though, too, because yep. I was looking at it from a business point of view. But it was, yeah. I said there were things that was fear around, like you know, developing. I'm thinking, how can you buy something where there's no income coming in hmm. and build something on it? And it's money so, out, money out, money yeah, out yeah. before you get any return yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, well, okay, well, there's things that I don't know enough about. I need to go and learn more yeah. about it. Yeah. And obviously, you know, developing is a great strategy, but it's, it's got to fit in the right context. Yeah. So, um, okay, so you are uh, now, obviously, we're seven years down the track, and, mm -hmm. and real estate is now your primary business. It is, and I've, like I said, I have created other businesses around that, so <laughs> <laughs> can't help it. You just can't help yourself, can you? No, I, try, I tried not to. <laughs> um, now, let's go back to the first time that you actually saw me speak somewhere. Where was mm -hmm. that and what happened? That was, I think it was at Crown in Melbourne. Okay. In mm -hmm. September 2012. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have better memory than me. <laughs> so what happened? Um, like I'd, I'd seen your ads popping up everywhere on the, on the internet, because uh, obviously I was looking at properties sure. out there as well. Sure, And I said, well, yeah, this looks all right. We'll go along and get some education. You know, mm -hmm. And yeah, the idea was... Cause, yeah, Amanda wasn't real keen to start with, but mm -hmm. she thought, oh, no, we don't need to go. It's like, yeah, we'll come along and have a look. Yeah. She's like, all right, but we're not buying anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just made so much sense. Yeah. Everything you were talking about was positive cash flow, which most people hadn't. No. Nope. I'm a what, pioneer in that space. Oh, and it's what we'd been doing, yeah. but nobody else talked about it. So, whenever we, so we just thought, we'll go along, we'll pick up a few tips and, mm. yeah, we'll implement that and we'll improve what we're doing. And yeah. It's like, just made so much sense, though. And I think that's something that um, I love real estate and the whole community. It's very different from anything else out there because in I love real estate, I mean, everything that I do, there, there's a reason behind it, you know, whether it be the economic stuff with all of the, you know, the macro microeconomics and the movements and why things are, are, are going to go in a certain direction or whether it's things like, you know, opportunity cost analysis and whether yeah. you should sell a property or not mm -hmm. or grid variance analysis or how to target what areas you actually want to start investing in. Yeah. There's actually some some process behind things mm -hmm. and I don't sell properties. No. <laughs> you know, everybody's sort of waiting for the sell, okay, sell me this property, but I think that's wrong. I think it's fundamentally wrong to teach people how to do things and then go, oh, look, I just happened to have one of those. Yeah, self-interested. <laughs> well, it is and the types of properties that are sold that way are not the type of properties that I teach people to buy. No, well, that makes sense. Um, and hold on to, because there's a lot more business planning, and I don't think there's anything else that I know of, certainly not in Australia, and, and really anywhere in the world, that combines all that fundamental stuff of tax and asset protection and, mm. and uh, legals and financing and strategy, business planning, as well as each one of the strategies. I've got to agree with that. I mean, mm. the value out of this is so enormous, it's huge. It's mm. like, you know, really negligible what it cost me to be involved in it. That's right. <laughs> but people don't see that up front. I no. mean, until they've got a few deals under the other, yeah. they go, wow, you know, how many times have I paid for this course? Yeah. Um, so, so, okay, you joined. Um, mm -hmm. What then started to happen? Because you were in a situation where a few things kind of fell on your head at the one time, didn't they? I did. You had, you had some stuff going on in your life. Yep. What happened? Plenty. What happened? Um, he's talking about the health issues with... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Amanda was diagnosed with breast cancer, mm. um, which was her second cancer after thyroid cancer three years earlier. Um, I broke my leg while she was going through chemotherapy and had to have surgery on that. Um, so, yeah, lots of 
things. <laughs> and, and I think people need to understand that, you know, life isn't something that's always going to be cruisy. You're going no. to have obstacles. Mm -hmm. But those that succeed are those that um, find a way to get through things mm -hmm. and, uh, and learn from whatever's going on. And I think one of the big learnings for you at that time, other than the health things and whatever, was was the fact that you needed a passive income that you could live on. Oh, absolutely. Regardless of what yeah. else yeah. happened yeah. in your life. And I said business had been up and down. We'd had times in business where that was almost the case, where yeah. I could be down to two days a week and travelling and income yeah. still coming in. But, yeah. of course, it was up and down, where yeah. property was just consistent. Yeah. And, you know, with, with business, um, it's something, quite a lot of the time, you just can't walk away from it. No. Like, you know, it, it, the buck it, stops it, with you. You try, you get pulled back. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, property was definitely the way to go. So it's about creating extreme passive income. Now, mm -hmm. in I Love Real Estate, we teach a lot of different strategies. Yep. The one that you gravitated to the most was a strategy that you'd already dabbled in, um, but you put the business systems around it mm. to be able to make it a strategy that would continue to work for you. Yep. And, and one of the things that you need to do, whatever your strategy is, and I mean, we teach all the strategies, but whatever strategy you gravitate to, um, you need to have a, a business plan around it so that, so that every deal you do puts you in a better position for being able to move forward and get into the next deal. And prior to I Love Real Estate, as I understand it with you, you were doing multiple um, rental doors for, under the one roof. I'd started around that time. Started so around yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, but, of course, if you just do that strategy, then the ability to be able to have the deposit to get into the next one yeah. isn't there. Well, that had been the case, like I said, where I'd bought positive cash flow property in the past as yep. well. It was always wait. Wait for the market to move. Yeah. And that's too slow. Oh, absolutely. It took me a long time. So, for <laughs> you, a lot of the, the, the aha moment, the, the, goal, the, you know, the, the light bulb moment was the fact that you needed to combine manufactured growth yeah. alongside the cash flow strategies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've really specialised now in the rooming and boarding house space. Yep. So for those who are listening or watching that um, don't understand exactly what that is, let's, let's explore that a little bit further. Okay. What is the difference between a share house where I might go and rent a place and I'm going, grab some of my mates and we all live in the house together and we yep. share, the, share the rental? Mm -hmm. versus, say, a rooming house? Um, it's like you just said, a share house, people have chosen to live together. Yep. They get to decide who uses what's part of that, what part of the house between them. They're all equally responsible for things that happen in the house as well. Yep. So if someone doesn't contribute their part of the rent, it affects everyone. Yep. Whereas and quite often house, they're all in the one lease too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can yep, be. Yep, mm. yep. And any you know, damage or whatever, everyone's equally responsible for That's it. That's right. Mm. Under rooming or boarding or depending on what each state calls it, you're renting an individual room. Mm. Uh, your agreement's directly with the owner. There's no relationship between you and other tenants in the house. Yep. Um, so you're responsible for your own rent for that. What someone else does doesn't really affect you. Um, but hand in hand with that goes extra you know, potential issues as well, mm. like around safety issues, you know, yep. fire safety, for example. Mm -hmm. In the share house, everyone's friends are all probably going to look out for one another. Yeah. Yeah, something goes on, they're going to make sure their mates get out. Yeah. In, hopefully. Know, yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> well, the assumption's that way. Yeah. So, whereas, you know, rooming and boarding and things like that, it's, you know, often everyone for yourself. You may not know the, the other next people. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Which is kind of funny. You know, you're living under the same roof, but you may not know them. But yeah. that's the case. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because a lot of the, the rooming and boarding house space, you know, you've got your own quarters, mm -hmm. for want of a better word. Sometimes they've got even little kitchenettes in and TVs and, yeah. you know, you've got your own space. It's kind of like having your own um, bed sit or one better. Like a little studio apartment. In a, in a, under the one roof. Mm -hmm. And when we talk rooming and boarding houses, most people think lower socioeconomic, you know, old men's houses, they used to be called, um, you know, hostels, things like that, yep. where they're really dilapidated, they look mm -hmm. terrible. Yep. Everybody's on the social security dole or pension yep. or something. Um, but that's not the case, is it? Oh, look, that does exist in the market, but it's sure. not all the market is. No. So it's a very broad market and very, you know, diverse reasons that... And some of the most successful um, rooming and boarding houses are actually in upper-class suburbs. Definitely, yeah. Because, yep. you know, in those areas, if you want to stay in that area in a nice location, um, the, the, the rental is through the roof. <laughs> the cost of, of living um, and buying a property is through the roof. So being able to live there in what might be a nice little studio apartment, albeit under the one roof, albeit under a different legislation, means that you can stay in, in that beautiful area, yeah. wherever that might be, yeah. at an affordable cost. Yeah, so you can get something close to the city yeah. at an affordable price. Or close to the beach or close to the, yeah. you know, wherever, whatever. Yeah. Yep. That desirable area. Yep. Hmm. Okay, so let's move this forward a little bit. What is the difference then between a rooming house and a boarding house? It's really just what each state calls it. Okay. So really, it's, you know, mm -hmm. traditionally boarding houses were related to the service of food, but that sort of dropped away. In some cases, the name was kept Rooming was another name that come in, and it's really just different names in different states. So let's talk about the classes then, yep. because we've got a Class 1B and a yep. Class C building. Yep. Yep. What's the difference there? It's basically size or scale. Right. So it's number of people or size of building. Okay. Um, so, so you get to a point, obviously, um, you know, if I had 20 residents, yep. I'd be a Class C. Class 3, yeah. yeah. Class 3, yeah, sorry, yeah. 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 So um, Class 1B is up to 12 people or up to... 300 square metres, class threes, anything over that. Okay. And for an idea of scale, a hotel, like everything above where we're sitting now, is a is class, class three. three building. That's yep. exactly right. Okay. So, um, so when, there's no upper limit. <laughs> when do you need an on-site manager? That again comes down to different state legislation. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, it varies across the state. Yeah. Yep. And I guess the other thing is, um, the thing that varies across the state is, when am I... Um, renting a property on a room-by-room -room basis and when am I a rooming house? Mm -hmm. um, because if I just had a, um, a two-bedroom unit, yep. could I rent one bedroom to one person and one bedroom to another person and then would I have to be a boarding house, rooming house? Okay, so that's, I suppose, an interesting question. If it's a unit, it's probably part of a Class 2 building. Ah, oh, I forgot about that. So okay, it's I've got a two-bedroom house. Building. Forget the unit. Yeah. I've got a two-bedroom house. <laughs> yep. um, how would that work? A two-bedroom house, you would still... Technically, you need the building compliance, yes. so you would need to go to Class 1B. Yep. But there'd be very few states where there'd be anything else required beyond that. So yep. there wouldn't be anything required under planning or yep. any other... So it's when you start to states. step up, you know, threes yep. and fours. And yep. that, again, it depends on the state yep. as to uh, where that limit is. And you go, well, you know, now we need to be fully registered and licensed and all the yep. rest of the stuff. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about you again. Mm -hmm. um, you obviously went off and, and did a number of, um, you know, room-by-room room rentals. Mm -hmm. um, but you started to combine that with manufactured growth. Yeah. Whether that be stacker yeah. strategies like subdivisions, constructions, mm -hmm. those sort of things. And you mixed up a little bit between um, 
conversions and yep. new construction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you find the two of those? Um, conversion is probably good where, it, I mean, if there's a good, like if you're grid variance grid analysis. Grid analysis, yeah. one, of my, <laughs> one of my key stalwart, stalwart so things. So where you can get an uplift from a renovation, yep. a conversion can work. Mm -hmm. And it also, you know, um, if you've got you know, reasonable value of a property to buy into and you can get good borrowing on that, yep. it's easier to borrow then because it's a house when you're buying it. That's right. Yeah. You've typically got a cash fund the conversion, so it depends what you need to do, and it mm. depends whether you can get any uplift from the reno. That's right. I mean, you work with a lot of my students now, yep. and um, you know, a lot of my students have replaced income wholly and solely on this strategy. Mm -hmm. You included. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, included. Definitely. definitely. And uh, you know, I'm very pleased to have Mark as part of the community because what he's, he's doing is being able to to really specialise in this space and continue the education for my students. In uh, you know in this space, which is a which is a great space in the resi sector, one of the things I think that um, is worth discussing is uh, the difference between cash flow from residential, say in your space, being yep. room and boarding, versus cash flow in commercial. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you're going yeah. to say room and boarding um, uh, because that's actually, your space. But like, so with, we talked about the new builds before. So yep. with the construction of the new builds. Typically, I now prefer that. Mm. It is harder to borrow in though. Yeah. Um, but you're building a purpose-built product. Sure. Now, it's, for doing that, we've got a project manager that does Just those. manage those builds for us now. Yeah. And he's had a lot of commercial experience. Mm. So he's done an analysis between the two. Okay. So <laughs> the figures on that actually show the cash flow from rooming houses is better than commercial in most cases. For the, compared to the cost? Compared to the cost. Yep. There's other limiting things, of course, like the ease of finance is sure. probably better in commercial. Yep. Um, the ability to get an uplift by, you know... Commercial. Commercial mm -hmm. again. Yep. But for straight cash flow, rooming mm. usually beats it. So, so let's talk about the financing because, you know, we've gone through some really tough times in financing. Yep. Even though that the interest rate has been low, the, the bank's willingness to give out financing has been exceptionally tough. And that has it been has. predominantly hampered by APRA, which is government intervention. Yep. And, uh, you know, we start to talk about government intervention and how uh, they've really put the, the screws of, if you like, onto the, the, the banks, albeit behind the times. I mean, they were going to do the Royal Commission and all that stuff. They should have done it five years ago. <laughs> Not when they did it, when the economy was starting to slow. Yep. So we've got all of these, these factors coming in which made it exceptionally tough. And so anything that was a little bit different in the financing industry, the banks went, no, nah, we're not doing that. No, nah, we're not doing that. I've had that. <laughs> definitely had that. And what you do yeah. fits in that category. It's definitely different. They don't understand it. But I think, so. I think we're starting to swing the, t the turn, you know, we're starting to t turn the tide now where we're starting to see that being a mainstream strategy. Um, and I think what we'll see, not quickly, but slowly over the next few years, we'll start to see that become more and more acceptable in mainstream. The second tier lenders will take it on first yep. and then they'll follow by the majors. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens and how they assess it, you know, whether mm. they understand it. It'll need, we'll need to see some being sold yep. for that to happen. Yep. And but then who wants to sell that's like right. great and, cash flow and, and property? A lot of people don't sell them because of the cash flow, so, so it might be a bit It'll slow. It'll be a little while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, now you have children that yes. are roughly my kids' age. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about them. Let's talk about how 
you know, you've been able to pass the baton on, yep. and particularly for your son mm -hmm. um, and his enthusiasm to yeah. move forward. Yep. What made the difference there? Coming to your event. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We could tell him all we wanted, but when he heard it from you. It's <laughs> a different story when it comes yeah. from somebody else. Okay, so you brought him along to a boot camp? Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, and I think that's important, you know, if you've got kids, particularly young adult children, it's your responsibility to make sure that they have this information early. I mean, imagine mm. if you and I knew what we know now way back then. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Unbelievably different. Good head start for him. <laughs> It is, <laughs> and it's a great way to, um, uh, you know, to break a cycle mm. because I don't know about you, but yep. when I grew up, my parents were not very into money, mm -hmm. um, didn't have a very good money mindset, um, and really didn't, um, you know, didn't instill in me good money principles. Yeah. I had to learn it. Yep. Well, I definitely had to learn things, but I'd say, I mean, my family had businesses as well, yeah. so surprise, yep. surprise. Well, my family from the <laughs> land, so. <laughs> um, so there was some of that yeah. there of how to think things, but yeah, there was still definitely a lot that yeah. I had to learn. And, and, you know, when you pass it on to your kids now, imagine, you know, your grandkids, mm. because each generation, what we're doing is, is improving the situation for the next, yeah. next generation, yeah. and they're taking it further. Yep. So, yeah, no grandkids yet. Uh, first one due in December. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're ahead of me on that one. <laughs> I'll still be a while, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, okay, so five years down the track, mm -hmm. where do you see yourself? That's a good question. <laughs> I, mean, I really should have had an answer for that, shouldn't I? You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> That's why I like these podcasts, because I can put you on the spot. <laughs> or chats on the couch. Um, look, I, I, where will I be? I'm rationalising what I'm doing with properties at the moment, so I don't know that I'll necessarily have a lot more. There will definitely be some more, hmm. um, but it'll just be set up differently so that the income is more passive than it is now. I'm still working a fair bit in the business on the management of the properties. Hmm. Um, but Which is a business you've set up. It is a business I've set up, yes. yes. Yeah. Hmm. But you know, I did that because nobody else was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's more about that the business at the moment, getting that structured so that I can... Right. Because you, know, you back a bit from don't it. necessarily need any more income, and you know, no. able to to you know have the lifestyle that goes yeah. along with it. Now, one of the things that I tease you about, mm -hmm. <laughs> what's this going to be? Sitting here, <laughs> got passive income. Yep. You know, could go on holiday in Paris <laughs> or. You know, yep. over in America, go to the ski fields, whatever well, I did else. That a couple of weeks ago. Went to New oh, Zealand you did go to New Zealand. That's right. <laughs> but where does he go every year for a holiday? <laughs> Middle of whoop whoop. Yeah. There's a nice river. <laughs> Quiet. He sits there with his camper van and his yep. dog and his bottle of wine and computer and yeah. that's it for a month. Yep. <laughs> Crazy dude. Take a month off with the caravan, it's good. <laughs> well, good on you. Well done. You know, good on you. Yep. Um, because that's the thing, you know, you can choose your lifestyle. And, mm. So you know, it might not be what you choose, but it's what <laughs> I choose. So. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, once I bought the farm, I'm... I'm Camping yeah, all the time. Yeah, I'm true. luxury camping. <laughs> Maybe that's what I've got to do. Maybe that's what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can choose your lifestyle. I mean, something that I find that I'm doing now is I've still got properties that I, I started with, you know. Yeah. And something that I'm doing now is I'm actually rationalising a lot of that as well. Yeah. And getting rid of some of the old stuff, even though it's, you know, it's positive cash flow and all those mm -hmm. things. It's not what I would go and buy today. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, it did the job when I needed it. Mm -hmm. 
um, and just switching that across to probably more prime properties, which is something yeah, that you know I've been doing. I've been doing a little bit of that too. I, I, last year, I sold the first property overboard. There you go. So, <laughs> yep. Because it just wasn't performing for what it was worth anymore. Yeah. So yeah. Time to put the money into something else. Yeah, and you know that's okay too. Yeah. You know, particularly when you've got yourself secure, you know it's easy just to kind of fiddle around the edges and just clean uh -huh. things up a little and bit. There'll be a couple more. Yeah. We get sold. Yeah. So. <laughs> they will, but, yeah. I'll buy, but I'll buy more too. But you buy more too. And that's, uh, I think yeah. that's a point too. When you, you know, I'm, I'm not one for selling, but at the mm. same time, uh, you know, if, you, if you're in and out in the same market, yeah. um, then it doesn't really, and there's a bit of transactional cost. Oh, there's, yeah, there's still some costs in doing that, but if you're buying something that performs better and gives you a better return on that equity. Or has more upside yeah, too, from yeah. a manufactured growth yeah. perspective, True. then swapping over some properties is no big deal. No. I think that the issue comes when you sell something and then you go and buy <laughs> a, holiday. You know, <laughs> a holiday or a car or yeah. you know all of those sort of things and the money just whittles away yep. and then you're worse off for not having yeah, that property. Absolutely. Um, and it is it is something you need to be looking at manufactured growth as well as um, as yep. the cash flow depending on balancing that portfolio. Mm -hmm. That's still something I probably need to do more of. Yeah, you, you, you oh, get, right. the cash flow is working. Your, your cookie cutter is a cash flow <laughs> yeah, strategy. Absolutely. Um, other people's cookie cutter might be a chunk deal, which you mm. know, so debt reduction and things like that. Yeah. So more of the same for you over the next five years. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. And like that, like the point you said there, like in five years' time, ten years' time, even just keeping what I've got. Mm. Yeah. It debt will reduce a bit. Rents will go up. So the cash flow just increases. Yeah. Equity increases anyway, yeah. naturally. That's right. So. More of the same. Yep. Yep. But ain't Sounds broke, don't me. fix it. <laughs> okay, yeah. and what about the kids? Where do you see um, where do you see the kids going in the next five years? Um, Stuart will probably do a fair bit in the next five years. He's already doing a lot now, so yep. um, there's a bit of development going. So he'll start buying some properties. He'll probably accumulate quite a few over the next five yep. years and get a bit of income from that. Yeah. Um, daughter, she's more focused on her education at the moment, mm -hmm. but you know, she'll get into a decent paying job from that and she'll be investing Which in Which one's having too. the baby? Stuart. Stuart is, yeah, is he? I yeah. didn't know that. I thought it must have well, been your daughter. No, no, no. No, he's engaged. And... Wow. Okay. There yep. you go. Yep. So, you know, what would, advice would you give to somebody just starting out? Get moving. I've said that before. So you've, got to, you've got to decide what you're doing and take action. And, you know, don't worry about making a wrong decision. If you're moving, it's easier to steer. Mm. Ever sat in a car and turned your steering wheel? You've got to put your foot on the pedal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that doesn't work unless you, yep. you know, <laughs> got yep. that foot down. Get moving first, then you can figure out where you're going. So what about someone who's got fear? Fear of success, fear of failure, yep. fear of making a mistake. Um, you know, you might have single mums listening to this or mm -hmm. single parents, you know, they've got responsibilities. Yep. They might be somebody who's perhaps had a mistake in the past, like a business deal that's gone mm -hmm. bad or a property deal that's gone bad, and they're carrying that forward with them. Yeah. What, what would be your advice to them? Um, look, I think that's something that obviously you need to work on. Yeah, mindset. Where your mindset is at. Um, I think you've still got to get moving. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, yeah, you need to sort that out. And, yeah. you know, if it's in the past, leave it in the past. It's like, yeah, easier said not always easy to do. No. But certainly something that you need to work on. If you need to find people to talk to about it or yep. get help with that, you've got to do that. And one of the things that we obviously do in I Love Real Estate is we've got the Real Estate Millionaire Within, yep. which makes massive difference for people. Brilliant event. I don't know how many times we've been to that. Have you? <laughs> Five times over the last yeah, it's a great event. Years, so, it's yeah. my favourite event, and it yeah. is a mindset event yep. that we do. And I, I firmly believe that any financial success 
um, you've got to have the emotional success, uh, any financial growth, sorry, you've got to yeah. have the emotional growth that goes with yep. it. Otherwise, you don't have the success or you don't maintain it. Yep. You know, it's the same reason why people who um, win the lottery are typically broke within four <laughs> or five years, you know, because they don't have the emotional growth that comes along with the bank well, balance. Well, don't appreciate where it came from, so... And so they do yeah. silly things, yeah. you know, and uh, whether that be consciously or subconsciously, mm. from a, a, a subconscious perspective, you know, they'll be self-sabotaging themselves like crazy yeah. Yeah. and, uh, you know, just don't push through that. Oh, and in talking about that, I suppose, look, I, I've definitely done things like that before. I think yeah. everyone has. But, yeah. Um, and, you, you know, you get to a point where you get to a level and you sort of plateau for a bit and then you've... It's, it's not about anything that you're doing. It's no. about how you're thinking about what you're doing. So It's how you see yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yep, You get definitely. to those ceilings yep. where you go, well, this is where I'm at. And then it's made up at. in your head. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, and yep. it's, it's going, well, what is my next vision? What, where yep. do I want to take this? What do I want to do? Um, and being able to action that out through a business plan. Yep. Mm. And, and any business plan has to start with what do you want. Yeah. Yep. And, and when you, you hey, say... Well, when I say to people, what do you want, what yep. do you want, I get this waffly answer about being financially free. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing, you know. Unless you yep. can visualise or, or put into writing or encapsulate in some way where you want to be in a year's time, two years' time or five years' time, you, you don't know what you've got to do to get there. So you can't yep. create the business plan or the plan of attack to get there and neither can anybody else. Yeah, true. No Very one true. else can help you. With all of that. Oh, if you don't know where you're going. <laughs> you don't know what action to take, you're going to take you closer to it. And I actually find that that's one of the rewarding things with kids now, yeah. to be my kids' age and your kids' age, is actually talking to them about that, what do you want, where do you want to go, you know, what's your mm. five-year plan, what's yeah. your two-year plan, things like that. Because if when they start to see it, and obviously the education, it must be part of that, because you see mm. this person achieving this and doing that, and this person achieving this and doing that, and yep. all those sorts of things, it becomes your reality. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, yeah, you see other people doing things, and you think, yeah, well, that's possible. They can do it, I can do it. That's right. So. And, and you know, you're a big part of that too, because, you know, I have you on many times on, on stage talking about some of your deals and things like that, and I was actually looking at something that you were talking about today. Yep. And there's a property that I've seen for years and years and years <laughs> of a property, and I think I've got you earning $24,000 a year or something or other yep. on it, and I saw on your screen today, it's actually $41,000 positive That's cash flow. I, I checked that recently, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. I better update my old slides. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. But well, I have changed the property a bit since the start as yeah, well. Yeah, so. you've improved yeah. it and things. Yeah. But, you know, being able to uh, to get, you know, 40 grand passive income off that one, I think I saw a 30-something yeah. passive income off another one and, yep. you know, another 22 over there and another whatever. Yep. You know, you start to add those figures up. Mm. They, they add up really quickly. Certainly do. And I'm not fussed about what it is. I'm not chasing 40. If I get something and it's 10,000 a year, that's fine. So be it. Absolutely. That's right. So. And something else I was noticing out of out of your chat is uh, a couple of the recent deals you've done have been no money down deals yep. with passive income. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I've got and, a few of them. And and uh, <laughs> one in particular, I think you were chatting that you found it on Gumtree. Yep. <laughs> just talk about that one there, the one they found on Gumtree. Um, it was an interesting one. So we're just looking to see what there was, and yeah, particularly see, looking you're for. Always looking. Well, yeah, always looking. But I was really looking at rooming houses for sale, yeah. like what was for sale. And I found this one that was purpose-built, had been there for a few years, and from what I could see, sort of underperforming. Yeah. 
and difficult for someone to finance because... Yes. Yep. And it is and what it is. Compared mm. to a house in the area, it was way over the price. Right. So it was over the price of a house in the area, but mm. it had the income from it. Mm. So that enabled me to negotiate the price down a bit too because nobody else was buying it. No. Um, and yeah, just find out what they wanted and it was to pay off a credit card debt. So I went and got some credit card debt to pay off their credit card debt. <laughs> 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 Made sense for me. 14 months interest free though, you know, the deals the banks had. Yeah, that's right. So and paid it off within 14 months. So. <laughs> With the cash flow? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and did that have some vendor financing in it too? It did, yeah, yeah? for the balance of it, yep. So it really was no money down? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I did spend, like, so I have put a little bit of cash into it, but that was, well, actually, it's probably from the cash flow. I've spent $10,000 on it. From cash flow? Yeah. So it's cost you nothing mm -hmm. out of your money. Yep. And how much does that one there bring in positive cash flow? Um, what was that one? That was just over 20000 a year, I think. Something like that, I yeah. think it was, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you guys, it's a great <laughs> return. But the thing is, without the education, mm. and you, know, you don't have the motivation, you don't look for starters. And if you no. do look, you don't see the potential. And you don't know what kind of deal you need to do to move forward. Because mm. you know, for somebody else, that, that might be the wrong deal. It yeah. might be a deal yep. that would stop them from moving forward and doing anything else, you know? And I mean, a lot of it can depend on how you structure it. You've yes. got to ask the questions and be a bit creative in how you do things. Yep. Um, and I mean, one of the things that, you know, I've been recognised as a leading expert in asset protection for a very long time now, mm -hmm. um, and it's something that all of my students have drummed into them <laughs> about how to buy properties that are asset protected and you know, free from risk and all that sort of thing. Yep. Was that one of the reasons that you originally decided to, to join I Love? Um, it definitely contributed to it. I, yep. uh, I had, I did have stuff in discretionary trust previously. Yeah. Not set up exactly the same as I <laughs> did. Um, so there were some changes to things as yep. a result of that. So I had done a bit down that line, but yeah. not to the level that no. you go to. And it definitely makes a lot more sense. Oh, of course. Especially so. in this space that you're mm. in. Because yep. there is risk. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, there is liability and there is all of those things that you need to make sure that you're structured so that one one something that goes wrong doesn't bring down the whole house of cards. <laughs> the amount of companies and trusts I've got now, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, join the club. Um, yeah, what's up for renewal this month? <laughs> <laughs> and one of the other things that, that we talk about that's particularly important in this space is not cross-securitising. Mm -hmm. Don't letting the banks control you because it is a difficult space to, yep. to finance. Um, the last thing you want to do is have all of your properties with the one bank because... Yep. Anything goes wrong, anything that, that doesn't... You don't have to do anything. You don't even have mm. to have, a, you know, be on default or any of those things. It can be a bank decision to go, we don't want to be in this space anymore. Yep. And all of your properties get sold up. They get, they get forced sales and, and you mm -hmm. don't have control. And there was a point... Th the point there too is everything with the one bank, even the separate structures don't necessarily always protect you from a bank because you've got director's guarantees in a lot of That's cases. That's exactly so right. You've got to be careful with that too. Yeah, totally. Um, there was actually a case in, um, uh, in Melbourne where somebody had quite a few mm -hmm. rooming houses, yep. cross-securitised, not one of my students. <laughs> um, tell us that story. Yeah, so that was one where there was an extension or major renovation being done to a property. Um, variation bill from the builder who needed more money, went to the bank and said, hey, I need more money. Yep. Um, and they came back and said, oh, we want to do an alternate use valuation. So they have another valuation on yep. it. Yep. And he's like, well, what do you mean? You've already said what it's worth. Yep. And they came back and said, well, yeah, there is no other alternate use, so therefore it's vacant land, less the cost to remove what's there. They we just want didn't want the loan. They just didn't it want the loan. It seems that way, yeah. 
Yep. So they, he had to sell up all of his properties because all the properties were with, with the one bank. All of his lending was with one bank. So, oh, they were really good to him before that. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you more money. Yeah. So they sold about 10 properties, I think. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he actually had to go to the purchasers of his properties and say, can I rent them back? Because yep. I, will, I will manage the properties, I will run them, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he leased most of them back and continued his business, but, but didn't have the assets. asset backing anymore. Yep. Wow. He lost about $3 million, didn't about he? About that. Wow. Yep. Uh, and see, <laughs> see, this is what bugs me, because mm. all of this fundamental stuff that we teach as basic, most people out there in the community don't put into play. No, they don't. They don't. And you know, with the banks before, I've had you know, the banks approach me before and say, oh, well, we want all your oh, business. Of course it's they like, do. You tell them no. to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> You're not having that. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mark, it's been great chatting to you here on the couch. I hope um, our little conversation has been useful to some of you out there and, uh, you know, inspires you to actually get yourself educated. Yeah. Don't make some of the stupid mistakes that we see out there in the market. No. And then pick a strategy that really suits you because mm. if it's a cash flow strategy and resi is your section, your residential, um, then this might be a great strategy to hone in on yep. and combine with other manufacturers' growth strategies, which we also teach. Yeah, mm. definitely. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you. Great to have you here. Okay. Okay. Bye now, guys. See ya.